there how are you doing i hope you're doing lovely it is saturday afternoon i'm sure you can hear the birds but you know they don't care about nothing they want to listen they said i'm here today also so <laughs> i hope it's better from where i am i hope you're good i wish i could hear how you're doing Either way, I'm wishing you well, hoping you are feeling rested, had a lovely weekend, made decisions that are good for you, and <laughs> and that uh, things are... Isn't it month end? What day is it? Hold on. Isn't today... What day is today? It's the 29th. So hopefully your organizations did not um decide to be silly and, and wait until next week, knowing... You need them right now. <laughs> I hope you're wonderful. I hope you're loved and I hope you're loving yourself first too. Um, today, I just had some things I wanted to talk to you guys about actually, which are intriguing me. Um, as it stands currently, I'm pretty broke. Uh, not just kind of broke, pretty broke, but the kind of brokenness whereby you don't have cigarettes, you can't even buy a bottle of wine. And so your weekend was really in bed doing your assignments and thinking about life. <laughs> I knew it was bad on Friday, I recall. Because usually on Friday, I'll go get something that I can drink, you know, Friday, Saturday. And I was about to tweet. I was like, you know, if I let liquor go, I would be doing so good. And I was like, no, this is the brokenness talking. Be quiet. Because you know, if you had it, you'd have nothing to say. So I just sucked that up. This was a lovely weekend for me. I was alone at the house. <clears throat> Did you notice I didn't say home alone? Because there's a difference between where you stay and at home. <laughs> um, I, it was, I'm always just really upbeat and feeling good when I've had time alone. Uh, and I appreciate, you know, having have had space, silence, peace, not been disturbed. Nobody's asking me questions. I don't have to perform anything. It's wonderful. So great. I'm drinking tea. I had cramps actually, but now I didn't have pills. So I really had to try to figure out what I'll take in this house so I can feel fine. And well, they say the, the, okay. So the teas that we drink are, are not like proper teas, but if I for English breakfast, they're not like ones that really help with machibile. They have caffeine and all these other things, but listen, they were here. It soothed me. I drank it last night. I did take a pill to go to sleep because I wanted to go to sleep before the cramps decided to really do what they do. Make it to Lamela and yeah, I woke up. Problem with sleeping pills, I don't know if this happens quite a lot. The quality of the sleep is not good. But you wake up and you're still foggy for a few hours. And in fact, you might fall back asleep again. But the sleep is not very long. Whereas even if you take a while to sleep naturally, <clears throat> it appears that you have actually quite good sleep. Another thing I did, which I didn't realize was too bad until I heard it this morning on a different podcast. Um, They were talking about how I thought it's not a big deal, but eating right before you go to bed, really bad idea. I think we do that because, you know, like, um, especially carbs, after you eat those, there's that crash. So we mistake that as it helping us fall asleep. And so that's why you might crave that if you're in some, if you're having insomnia. So I got up, I, I microwaved something, thought it would help me go to bed. It didn't. So I took the diazepam and a pill, um, trash quality sleep but fine it happened 
speaking of the sleep. I had a dream. I had a dream. That's very important because I haven't dreamt in like, what is it? Today's the 29th? Almost three weeks. When I had started doing my spiritual things there that I had to do. Um, for those who don't know, um, in my family, there's some things we have to do. These are things of African, uh, our traditional uh, obligations. Fine. So <clears throat> I was expecting immediately. I finished last week. When was it? Like midweek, I believe. Maybe Wednesday last week. Fine. So immediately I thought I'd see everything right away. I'd see something. I'd hear something. I'd dream something. Something would, you know, manifest. Uh, and as a person who consistently, I really dream. I dream. It's just the issue has been, I don't know what the dreams mean. <clears throat> so I, as you can imagine, it's a bit frustrating, but I have good guidance and I, I've been able to know what to do. And so I did my things. It was, I spoke about it last week, but I was so shocked. Just a couple of days later, I was like, I'm not, it's not even usual for me to not dream. But I was like, I'm not dreaming. I'm literally not dreaming at all. Not like a sliver, not a moment, not a scene, zero. So I'm confused because I'm just like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to properly see the thing. So I even forgot about it. I'm here thinking about how broke I am. I'm selling pots even, trying to make sure I have some things to get me by. <clears throat> and then last night, only kind of this morning, today was 10 days since I finished the things. I had a dream of dreams. I had a dream dream. And yeah, so things are, yeah. <laughs> um, on a separate note, uh, let's get into some things I found very interesting. Um, the first thing that I felt like, these are just things that I came across online in this really pleasant time of being home not being bothered while I am on my period and I don't, I'm, I'm feeling just bitchy and it's been fun drinking tea and just listening to birds. It's been great. Um, and emotional too, by the way. I don't know what happened, especially last night and today, just uh, my last relationship. I just I was thinking a lot about it, but I think it was a bit of triggering also because of something else. Um, yeah, but I don't think... You know, sometimes you think you miss a relationship or the person, but you don't. You miss something about that thing. So maybe you just miss company or you just miss being checked on. But you don't quite miss <laughs> that person. So um, so things that I found so interesting that I wanted to get your insight on. Like I said, I'm going to leave an email there by the bio box for this thing. So you can respond to me if you ever want to. Um. The first thing that really, I think it was on Saturday. So there was a statistic that came out about whereby apparently for the last five years, um, out of 140 something thousand, I wish it was in front of me, but the power literally cut. I'm waiting for someone to send me a code. It's a very ghetto situation, I know, but it's the truth. So, a statistic, 
out of 140 something thousand uh, kids who finish BGCSE, only about 40 or 50 something thousand have been accepted into tertiary institutions. Out of 140 something thousand, about 40 or 50,000 of those people, those kids, those youth, those young adults, have been accepted into tertiary institutions. This has been the case for about the last, they said the last five years. So it got me thinking like, wow, okay. Obviously that sounds concerning, right? We like to initially have a plan of action and the the way we're used to things going is after secondary school you go to tertiary school hello primary secondary tertiary just like that we don't think too much about it but the kids are not getting into tertiaries so there's so many angles that we can think of this from because it may be a travesty one may think wow this is awful and it can also be an opportunity while still being a travesty. So I'll start from the first place that I actually looked at it from. Allow me to open something here. Ah, I cannot open it. I do not have Wi-Fi. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think I had about like eight or nine ways to consider it. So the first was... Um, that BGCSE as a program in and of itself is nonsense. <laughs> Not to say nonsense, I can use those words, it's LinkedIn. But it might just be trash in that maybe it's not a very enriching program, such that by the time you know young adults are prepared to go to tertiary institutions, they're frankly not meeting the standards. That's one consideration. The next consideration I had was, I believe it was, that tertiary institutions are not reflecting the aspirations of these young adults. Meaning, of the this 140-something thousand, only 50% felt, not 50%, only the 50,000 that got accepted into tertiaries um, found somewhere that espouses the things they dream of. So when you think of it that way, it's kind of just like, okay, um, maybe an answer to that would have been ensuring there are structures in the tertiary, um, you know, uh, stage of education that reflect you know, if you have all kinds of institutions and really it's the kids aren't interested, um, they're certainly not going to go then. That's another way I thought of that. Another thing I thought was, what about the households these uh, young adults are raised in? Are they academically able to produce the kind of results that would even allow them to access tertiary education? We long knew Kanya I remember years ago <clears throat> when it was a huge outrage. You know, we forget easily. But but BGCSE, the grades were just whoa concerning. They were not good. So that's the third, third or fourth? I don't know. Let me stop counting them. Um, I was thinking about the households. 
Are things fine, Momalabing? Because statistically, we know what it is. This is the second rape capital of the world at a population of about 2 million. So trust me, if there's anything we are excelling at, it's rape here. But in terms of education-wise, if a household or a place where a child lives and whoever's raising them or what they're interacting with or coming across... um. Momalabing, if it's not optimal for academic success, can it even something as small as having a, a, an educated older sibling or being able to afford tutoring or having a parent who's also educated can make a world of difference. Um, so what are the households looking like? Are they witnessing abuse? Are they being abused? Um, molestation, what about that? What about safety? Do they live in neighborhoods whereby they feel okay commuting to school? Those are the things I was thinking about. What's their experience at home? <clears throat> are they even being supported? Because, you know, if you grow up in an environment where school just seems like it's not that important, <laughs> that incentive just diminishes, doesn't it? Um, so another thing I thought of was... Come on, I'm trying to think. There were so, so many... Finish BGCSE and only 50,000 are entering tertiary institutions. What is the structural plan and the resource kind of management that goes to those who are not taking that step in life? Because we can sit and go, oh, and oh, and oh, that's so unfortunate. But what's 140 minus 50? Damn it, I can't count. Is it 90,000? Oh, I'm right. It's 90. Um, so there's 90,000 um, young adults who are not in tertiaries who have a BGCSE. What's the plan? What happens now with this demographic? Because I'm not of the belief that we should just go, oh, let's let's just try to fix it. But it's like, great. But right now we have 90,000 young adults who have a BGCSE who will not be in a tertiary. What are we doing about that? Um, what is available to them? What is happening? What's the plan? And certainly as much as I think we are a society that has chosen that tertiary is a very natural step in life progression, even though we'll get that. That's another consideration we'll have after this. But it's clearly proving to not be the one most kids are going for, it appears, in the BGCSE um realm of things so what are we giving them then what do they have to look forward to what is there what is there in terms of programs what is there in terms of support what is there in terms of guidance in terms of them sustaining themselves what options are they being given in terms of entrepreneurship being a creative uh, self-started, you know, these small-owned enterprises, what is going to be given to them? Because that has to be addressed. They cannot be thrown away as a demographic just because they didn't manage to stay funneled into this program we always expect of going to tertiary. Uh, the next consideration I had was, is it that much of a travesty in light of the fact that Gabunzi even if you do make it into a tertiary institution and finish your program, you are likely to wait years before you get employment in mobile job, as it is. Um, and before we even get there, another consideration of those one hundred and and uh, of those fifty thousand of the one forty k 
who did make it into tertiaries, how many of those are even going to finish? Because this funnels them back into the demographic that didn't get a tertiary qualification. And so more people need us to make an allowance for that society. We can't throw these people away. It's, it's a majority that is growing. Maybe not at such an exponential rate, but what the, what's the plan? What really is the plan with that? I really hate uh, the idea of perhaps just discarding them and deciding that we're not going to think too much about them because um, they matter and I know that there's great minds and I'm not of the belief that it, it has to be the end for them. No, absolutely not. Um, Another consideration. Self-employment and entrepreneurship. Um, tend to have personalities or people who really want it and are passionate and driven towards it, but our socialization is not even one of that. They are kind of still a small, they're a minority of naturally born people who do that. But the truth is, Owning a business, starting a business, running a business, sustaining a business, having it grow, having, having it sustain you, depending on yourself. It takes some skills that you need to be taught, lest you try it, of course, and fall on your face a couple times, or maybe you have a good guide or mentor or something, but that's a privilege not everyone has. What can we do about instilling those skills much earlier in the academic program, when we still have a majority of kids in institutions to ensure that at least if they don't end up in a tertiary institution, they certainly have somewhere they are going. Because it's seeming like that's the direction things are going to take. Um, The next consideration, I think, was just, I think that was probably the last consideration, that what exactly is going to happen about those who, I'm sorry, uh, let me pause for a second, I'll be right back. Okay, um, we were back on the kids, sorry, I keep getting interruptions. I guess it is the end of the... Uh, the lovely time to myself. <laughs> All right. So with that, uh, I'm trying to get back in the mood. I'm sorry. You know what? Um, I'm very space. Uh, I'm tense about space and unexpected things. So, yeah. Um, right. Let me focus. We were saying, um, right, keeping tertiary following secondary school in terms of BGCSE students as the <clears throat> the primary avenue of of how people end up sustaining themselves. I understand it, but I'm also of the sentiment that we need to start putting things in place that are absolutely lining us up to have options. And options does not mean you are now discouraging students from remaining in you know the typical the quintessential chronology from their secondary to now their tertiary and such the way it tends to go um but i think you are creating a security that's very necessary especially in these times <clears throat> and i'll tell you something um these kids these 16 17 18 year olds 
maybe even 19 year olds, they're not stupid. They are frankly, they, their eyes are open and they have seen themselves not get placements in favor of kids who went to private schools, in favor of people who did programs somewhere else, or in favor of people who had a better cho- a better chance or better facilities and such. That's not to uh, put down the efforts. Listen, government schools and government programs, highly government-reliant, uh, uh, um, I'm trying to pick my words, I don't want to be dismissive, because I've done that before, and I think I, I, I really offended someone. And I'm speaking ignorantly because I haven't experienced that myself. I'm trying to say that people who have been in a position to secure certain things that perhaps those who did BGCSE have not been able to might literally be uh, quite sick of the fact that they do get slighted um, in terms of certain opportunities that interest them. And that brings to mind the arts industry and it brings to mind these emerging industries also, whereby people have more access and are seeing different things they frankly want. And maybe the curriculum is just not catching up. Kids are trying to program. Kids are trying to be beauticians and do all these things that might not necessarily be in standard curriculum, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily a loss. Hopefully there's a way to reconcile that economically such that it is something conducive and contributes to the sustainability an improvement of the general standard of living, especially for those who are really in a tough spot. Um, so that's one thing that I found very interesting. Please let me know what you think of that, of the fact that of 140,000 students who completed their BGCSE, 50,000 um, are accepted or have been accepted into tertiary institutions. And I won't do this but maybe one day we'll do this. Let's compare that to those in private schools and then have a different conversation. Because <laughs> um, <clears throat> that might, um, we might need to go there also, but we won't do that today. What I will also do in terms of this topic, our first topic, I will ensure that I link the the, the article. It's an online, it's a newspaper. But they had written about this and in fact, an opposition party member, was it, was um, speaking about this. And as much as they're being contrarians, it's a reality. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do about it. Okay, second topic that interested me. Highly. This one's a bit of a mess. I don't know if you follow these people, but there's this couple that fascinates me. <clears throat> they're both musicians. And so the one's a music producer. He's made a lot of songs that I, I frankly love. Not made, but produced. Um, his name is London on the track. And before you judge me, let me finish it because I think it's very fascinating. And it had me thinking a whole lot this weekend. And so the, his lady, see, when you don't know the actual term, that's the terminology you'll pick. His lady, um, Summer Walker. And so these two have apparently been together for two years, I think it is now. I didn't know this young man had kids. All I know is uh, when I first saw a picture of him linked in some news to her, I, I, knew, I knew the name is who apparently she was with, but I got to see. And this man, please go to his Instagram, London on the track. He's, he looks very, uh, I'm trying to think of a word I can, I can put to it. He, he engrosses me, engrosses me like he, 
it's he looks he draws me i don't know something really pulls me about that guy's face um that couple fascinates me sometimes i get very fascinated by these i don't know what it is something about faces but his face specifically i the, i don't know if i like it no i like it i don't i don't know what's happening there uh, but fine him and this young lady and so apparently as it is he had two children by two different women and she's known in the past for posting very judgmental things about you know how people are mothering and then bada bing bada boom she's having his baby she's like four months pregnant i think and right away she has it hasn't even been a week since she put this out and oh by the way she's 24 he is 29 or 28 and 26 look at me involving myself like i'm in it sorry i'm living vicarious <laughs> so so what had happened is right she's putting his business out there and this is not the first time she's done this though so here's here, okay she's saying a lot of kind of threatening things and threatening those things that she can say and share that might ruin his life and you know people are basically saying to her well dear when you were out here with him and you were happy you had no problem telling the mothers of his kids that they are bitter and they're just not over him and now you're here complaining about him. What's the problem, sweetie? We can't hear you properly. We thought you said that he's great and you love him and you're so happy and you in love and, and now you're pregnant and there's a problem? Really? Oh, we didn't know there'd be. <laughs> so, so she's doing that whole thing and, you know, calling herself stupid and saying, why didn't I see this coming and blah, blah, blah. And it's easy to go, yeah, that was dumb. But it's like, what other dumb things are we doing in our own lives, realistically speaking? These celebrities are doing things that we are doing in our lives daily. It's just no one's watching. And we just don't have money. So <laughs> it's on a way cheaper scale. But it became interesting to me how, so she's done this a lot during the entire relationship, not just in this time of being pregnant, because I'm seeing it take an angle where the narrative now is based on being a pregnant woman, she is expected to, well, she is allowed, I guess, to say all kinds of threatening things to him and all of these very violent things that it's like, hey, sweetie, you don't want to be charged with stuff what are you doing um and threatening violence and all of that and then his response was uh on twitter i believe he had said firstly calm your calm down no firstly relax your emotions i don't know relax your emotions very plain like that and people went in on him and they're like you can't tell a pregnant woman um how to feel and it's hormones and it's this and that and I kind of felt like we are really being ridiculous because besides being very threatening in terms of the words that this lady is using, in terms of what she is doing right now, which is quite abusive, she's also consistently done that before there was even any kind of pregnancy for two whole years. Almost monthly, they break up and it's always her announcement and she has some pretty nasty things to say. She's verbally abusive about him. She uses, you know, calls him the B word and such. And I just, why are we forgetting that she does that? And then 
What is the proper response to some of these things, guys? If I am the father or father-to-be of this child, you're already berating me. The child's not even here yet and you're you're calling me a deadbeat. And it's interesting (laughs) because the child's not even here yet. But you're also putting me down and talking about slavery and calling me a bum and all of these things. What was the expected response to that? So I was a bit disheartened to see the whole, well, she's pregnant. You can't tell a pregnant woman to calm down thing. It's like, I think I will. I really actually think I will. In any event, regardless of who it is, if you're putting me down, berating me, verbally abusing me, I think I should be able to tell you to calm down. That's the least. Because what he could have done is what a lot of these, hello, these ones, the ones existing on today, what they would have done, oh, it wouldn't have been a tweet. It would not have even been online. It would have been something way different right here. So I'm with him. I don't know what it is. I, maybe he's bewitched me with that face, but that's just where I am with that. Um, I'll still be following that story. But they look exceptional together. I don't know. They just... They're couples I see that really fascinate me. I recall Joe and Cynthia, Joe Biden and Cynthia Santana. Um, and this couple, London and, 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 and Summer. What's the other couple that just fascinates me so, so much? Like way more than they probably should. Mm, trying to think. I don't recall a name, but okay. But yeah, that does happen where I'm really just have a fascination I can't explain. Um, Okay, the next topic that really fascinated me. This one is much more serious. Um, So there was a picture that Lebo Malax, aka, you know, Mr. Boys in Heels, the one who dances and has so many degrees and has a beautiful home and great cars and advocates for, you know, queer rights and encourages people to, you know, get your bag, live your life, don't worry about people, all of that. Um, so he posted a picture. So it was a baby in a bag, a plastic bag, essentially a newborn. Um, and so the story kind of tells itself. It's not something very new. If you're a person who's paid attention a little bit to this, the incident of women throwing away a baby, quite literally. Um, We've heard about babies being thrown into pit latrines, into dustbins, in toilets, left at doorsteps, left at a relative's house, um, left at a church, left at a police station. It happens. And it tends to be characteristic in societies that don't seem to take reproductive rights seriously because inevitably the consequence of um, relations tends to be a human and that's a heavy price to pay for relations, which is kind of what really makes reproductive protections essential. And not just the kind that people feel comfortable with for their own beliefs, but the ones that someone actually wants. That does include abortion. I don't want to use this as abortion fodder, but 
in the debate and conversation about reproductive rights and who's allowed this and who's allowed that, a picture like this will tell you a whole lot. By the time someone is dispensing, not dispensing, but is placing their flesh, a newborn, um, somewhere in that fashion, honestly, I'm of the belief that there has been a lot of closed doors that they have tried. You are in a position where you have nothing, you have no one, and you really do not have, it's a, it's a dead end, like there's nothing left. And for women to live that kind of reality, to be in a position whereby every relation you have is highly consequential to a human, that's not, that's not very humane. I think of sometimes how we aren't uh, females, we're not very able to uh, enjoy relations as much as men seem to. And I really feel like innately a part of it is because we know the consequence of something doesn't go according to plan here. It could change our entire lives. Um, we don't quite have the freedom to just run off. And so when I saw that picture with a baby in a plastic bag, I was just like, this is what will continue and go on again and again and again. No amount of praying or deciding to tell people to abstain. Or even if you are effectively administering and offering birth control and such. Even then, there's still incidents whereby it can be a medication, a missed pill, an illness. It can be any kind of combination of interactions with medications. Or just the odd chance that it just does not 100% work. People will conceive. And they will not always want to have or have planned to at the time. And I really think the humane handling of that is ensuring you assist them in making sure that when they have conceived, they wanted to. Because that's how you get these plastic bags. It's so jarring to me that we have women in leadership. They're in parliament. And amongst all of this banter and this screaming and the derailing of so many things, men are able to, you know, call each other out of their names and belittle each other and have this, uh, piss, these pissing contests <laughs> on national television um, when women are risking their lives with risky, unsafe abortion and waiting on pills that are coming in across the border. Um, and they're not centering these issues that are so important. Knowing what it means. Knowing what it means to be a young lady who falls pregnant and did not plan to. And does not have means. Knowing. Very grown, very much in these positions, and very much inactive in that plight. Very much inactive in that plight and unwilling to engage. And I'm sure there's conflicts about religion and such, but the religion is not the constitution. A constitution has things to deliver. Faith are things that, faith is yours there where you are. But at least open the conversation up. 
have the discussion, bring the people who are professional and qualified and can explain things, bring, you know, civilians to come and talk about what they go through trying to manage, you know, reproductive protection. It really is not as cut and dry as it seems in terms of not conceiving when you don't want to. I really shudder to think of the idea that this conversation might just end with how horrible these pictures look and that it won't go further into what circumstance does a young lady have to be in or even a grown lady, I don't know, to throw a baby away. I don't believe these women just hate kids or are barbaric. I think they're just average humans who really were not equipped for something. And now because of constitution and ineffective healthcare provision, they're supposed to now what? Completely change their life around? Because they did what? Have relations? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not saying there's anything fine at all with that picture or the act of doing that. But I'm absolutely saying if you want that to end, the answer is quite clear. Make abortion accessible and safe for all who decide it is a route that, they choose, that they're going to take. You know, destigmatize it, do all the things to make sure. Because I, I know there's places where it's quote unquote legal with a whole lot of stigma still and a lot of barriers they put in place i've heard so much about you know waiting periods and them making you listen to the sonogram and then them making you have a series of, of visits with a professional psychologically and um trying to get a signature from that just so many barriers that delay time and literally make a circumstance that's certainly not all the way pleasant necessarily very gruesome and arduous um because what do you want so say say you do manage to make people who conceive give birth right what then because the point of departure is i did not want this child and then the current circumstances a child is here you with your beliefs over there are not going to put a cent into the upbringing of this child. This child will not have the privilege and access they could have had I been in a position where I'm mentally, financially, and all these other ways, more positioned to have it. And that's what I get for having relations. That seems like a, a biblical proportion, just an epic proportion of punishing women for functioning reproductively. Yeah, the electricity came back. All right, cool. Um, lost my last point there, but I guess I'll wrap it right there. Uh, let's have more conversations about reproductive rights, about young ladies, and part of the reason why I put these two topics in, besides that silly one of about that couple, of the proportion of those who end up in tertiary and this one about uh, the babies okay about the babies is 
I want to know what proportion of those who did make it into tertiary are women versus men. And what proportion of those who didn't. I want to know the gender distribution. Because maybe there's a conversation to be had about what exactly the unique challenges women are facing tend to pose on their educational trajectory. This is a suspicion of mine. I'm not com- I'm not trying to blatantly really um purport to it much, but I'm just trying to see what effect does unplanned pregnancy have on your education? Even at that age, because some might say, well, no, well, they're adults and they're all these. Yeah, there are a lot of things, but they're also still people who are students and need to sustain themselves. I cannot be 20 and preoccupying myself with raising a child. What? Let me have a dream first. <laughs> like, I think that would be a robbery to try to sell that to young ladies and just go, no, you go have a child. Unless it's a dream, who knows? But let's open the options up. Okay, it's a reality, it's happening. The kids are having sex. Y'all are probably not speaking to them about it. So let's make sure they have the things in that regard to arm themselves, protect themselves, and have agency over their bodies. Who wants a constitution that tells you when you will do what? It's like a lockdown of the the, the, the body. Why? How can you? What does it mean to tell someone that, what they can and cannot do with their body? Abortion is not colonial, it's not new, it's not hedonistic. Even in traditional realms, traditional times, sorry, um, before white people came, there were means to end a pregnancy, okay? Um, so, or let me say to prevent having a baby. There we go. That sounds a little bit better. Um, I hope none of this was triggering, by the way. I think it's only occurring now to me that this might be quite... Uh, heavy so thank you so much for listening today just wanted to share some things i thought like i said there will be an email in the bio space if you want to share anything with me or share your thoughts or share anything you thought is quite interesting sorry and we can talk about it next time i hope this week is kind to you and i'll probably make some tea and finish something else I was working on and then I hope the night comes in quite soon I'm actually feeling a bit down now uh I guess period mood I don't know brokenness who knows um enjoy your evening and thank you so much for listening bye